podcast on Spotify, hosted by two transsexuals who are coming together to maximize their joint slay. Joint slay. Slay squared. <sighs> Hi, I'm Kala, and I enjoy a an evening off with a hot cup of cocoa. And I am Betty, and I enjoy Santa sliding down my chimney. Ooh, naughty. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. And welcome, everybody, and dear listeners, back to another crazy episode. Today, we are going to be going over, not our Spotify wrapped, but our 2023 strapped. Strapped. Girl. (laughs) So strap in, <laughs> strap on, we're going to get strapped. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Kyle and I will be going over everything that we loved in 2023, um, from pop culture moments to internet memes to you all being really weird in the comments yeah. and uh, talking about some nasty, nasty things. Also, this is going to be our holiday episode. Yeah. Or if you celebrate Christmas, Christmas episode. If you celebrate Festivus, Festivus episode. If you celebrate Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. We celebrate Pokemus we in this house. Very much Pokemus in this in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I have, feel like Star, you should be up at the top of the tree. That, wouldn't that be precious? But she's not going to fit there. Or they're not going to fit there. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're misgendering Star, you. misgendering you, Star, How could you? Um, before we kick off our conversation, I just have one thing to say about this time of year, and it is the Grinch, if you're listening. Hi. How are you? She wore green just for you. Hey. Okay, Betty, before we get into it, before we get strapped on... And then... Oh. Um, let's kick off our conversation as we have been for the past couple of weeks and introduce... The starter generation for this week, which is the... Kalos region! Generation 6. Oh, I love baguettes. We are going to let... What was that? I said I love baguettes! Right. We are going to let... (laughs) We are going to let you know what your Gen 6 starter says about you. This one is great, Kala. It's finally breaking from tradition. Yes. Oh, I want to go first because of it. Yes. I chose a fennekin. She is that girl. She's a doll. Congratulations She's for not picking the grass starter. It's also genuinely, like, I never use fire types. And I was just talking about on the last episode how, like, where are the girly pop Pokemon that are fire type? And they came through in... They and they really need did. to bring it back. Although I will say she should have been a fire fairy type. Yes. I don't know why they made um, Del Fox a fire psychic type. Yeah, to a fire Maybe they type. didn't want fairy to be one of the starters since it was a new thing. Imagine. I know, but in that case, I'm like, why would you not make it the starter? I mean, I guess they didn't do that in Gen 2 either when Steel and Dark were introduced. Yeah. So. Well, Betty, what did you choose? I also chose Fennekin. Right. I asked because what does it say about the two of us that we both chose Fennekin? It says that you are going to be calling your doctor this week (laughs) during the holidays to ask, what the fuck is Estradile Valorant? How do I get Santa to give it to me for Christmas? 
FFS funds, thank you very much, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. That is a foot feminization surgery, by the way, for those of you who don't know what FFS is. She got her feet done. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> okay, I did think that this generation, one of the hard things was choosing between Fennekin and Rowlett, because Rowlett is so cute. That's not the right That's not the right generation. <laughs> Maybe this was not a hard choice. The other options were Tongue Scarf Frog Ninja. And... No, her ninja's pretty cool, though. Okay, sorry. She's fine. She's overhyped. Uh, I, my opinion is that Greninja is overhyped. And then chest pin and chest knot and quill. That's pin. why I fully blacked out on that Pokemon. Because because the most forgettable starter Pokemon what of all What is time. that? If you picked chest pin, I don't believe you. Yeah, no, I don't either. You lied. Or you are literally one of the most insufferable people. You like to be different in that way that's like, I don't want to be around you, actually. Cal likes to be different by picking the grass starter. This time, she could not. This time, I can see why I'm an annoying person for that reason. Yes. Yeah. What I think they did, though... You finally see what I see every week. Shut the hell up. <laughs> what I what I do think they did, though, is, like, you know, normally the fire one is, like, for the cis boys, and the water one is for, like, the girly girls? They, they just swapped it. Yes. Yeah. So if you if you chose Greninja... What the hell? What is the start of that? Froki. Froki. Um, you're probably just so Froki, Frogadier, Greninja. You're also probably one of... Have you ever heard of Mall Ninjas? Mall Ninjas? Do you know this term? No. You know, so it's like a very specific phenomenon of like these types of guys who collect like katanas and the throwing stars. I thought there was like a fun name for like people who are stealing. No, it's like, it's like, it's a joke term for like a specific type of like neckbeardy guy. <laughs> mall Ninja. A Mall Ninja, yeah. Anyways, if you chose Froki, you're a Mall Ninja. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Did you know that uh, apparently Greninja is actually the most popular starter Pokemon? No way. Of all, t- like, of all the final stage starters, even more than Charizard. Greninja was the first starter Pokemon to ever surpass Charizard. What the hell? Besides Pikachu. Which you know I'm what's so sad? Here. They absolutely shit on Fennekin, the fandom, I mean. Yeah. Like, Fennekin always gets just the short end of the stick. It's because Twitter nerd bros don't care about girly pop things. Yeah. They also just like... And that's why we have this podcast. They also just super over-sexualize the mid-evolution Brayson. Yeah, I mean, she is hot. But I mean the fandom over-sexualized her. And then I think because of that, she suffers from sexualized misogyny, which is a stupid thing to have to say Mm -hmm. about Pokemon. Like, what do you mean? It's always been there, though. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, that's what your starter Pokemon from Generation 6 says about you. You're either a dude bro, a cis girly girl, or trans girly girl, or you're not real. And, babes, if you liked that list, then you are going to love today's episode because Kala and I are listing all of our favorite moments of 2023. Yeah. This time of year is always kind of about reminiscing and, like, reflections. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when I do that, I just end up crying in my bed for, like, three hours straight. So I wanted to do this instead because this will be so much more fun. Okay. Um, Well, I love where your mind is at. (laughs) This is going to be like uh, reading a BuzzFeed article. This is going to be like... If you're a cringe millennial like us. Yeah. You're going to absolutely adore this. Also, you know what that just made me think of, Benny? How beautiful it's going to be when we do another recap video for 2024 and we see ourselves, we're all dolled up. We're looking fierce. My ass is literally five times bigger than it is now. Yeah. My waist is literally 
ten times skinnier than it is now. Any anything that you're seeing on my body that is not in my chest or on my hips will have migrated mm-hmm. by by this time next year. My lips will literally be here. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are gonna be diva slay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's get into it. I think. Um, should we just take turns, like listing? Yeah, some we're of the just gonna take we love? turns okay. back and forth. So. Um, year in review of the internet in 2023. All right. Done. I don't, wait, why did you do the on order? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, crimes are about um, to be committed. The lead actress. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Mariska Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay. When she when she wore the B on her boobs recently, she was like, <gasps> "Wait, that's a great." That was a moment. That was a moment. Put that on my list. But that was literally. Uh, I, she was serving mommy milkers. <laughs> she was literally like, and she said, "Full out to camera." She's like, "Focus on the B. Get a close right, up of the B. Right, the B. Get a close up of the B. I'm like, the sure. B for your fucking babongas, girl. <laughs> the B for Melissa Hargitay. You fucking liar. Oh my god. It was B for boobies." <laughs> Bariska Bargatay. No. This one's name is Bariska, and this one's name is Bargatay. I love that. That's their names now. Okay. From now on, forever. Okay. Because I am, I am bringing a picture. Betty's boobies are Bariska and Bargatay. Bariska is left. Bargatay is right. I love that. Well, that was a little bonus. That was a bonus. Oh, there's yeah. That was a bonus. Yeah, that was. Incredible. What was your what, what is your genuine first score? Okay, I'm going back to something dark. Thank oh, God. Something We're always say. dark on this damn podcast. I thought this was going to be lighthearted. <laughs> no, but I actually I laugh at it more than I should. Um, because disclaimer, it's not cool when anybody dies. Oh, that's not true. Henry Kissinger died, and that's fine. Anyways, you were saying. Anyway, I was saying my first like. It's interesting that I even think about this as like a pop culture or internet culture moment. Mm. It is when the millionaire submarine um, exploded underwater. Okay, my favorite thing about this phenomenon <laughs> was watching everybody online all of a sudden become like a mastermind in physics, and they're like, "Well, actually, the pressure times the equals." And I'm like, none of y'all know what you're talking about. Well, clearly, making it up. many more people knew than the millionaire guy who approved the submarine going underwater. What? He owns a business. That's a company. <laughs> the fact that, that the, the memes of like the person driving it with, with the, a PlayStation, the PlayStation Two DualShock control. <laughs> My God. Out. I, I, I do genuinely feel guilty. I, I, we have, I. And maybe we as a culture have become so desensitized to, like, death and uh, grief and despair that, like, th- this is, it is sad. Like, I, it, it is sad that people died. But it's a, it's a very Cladenstein comparison that these billionaires got a lot of money spent on them looking for, for them, but, like, how much resources are given over to average everyday people in that sort of emergency? I actually remember at a similar time there was, um, ref- like, a refugee raft that I believe capsized like in the Mediterranean and there was like no international support. Like international support. That's preposterous. And the most frustrating thing and also kind of ironic and really crazy about this story is that apparently the US Navy heard the implosion on military equipment and knew that there were no survivors, but were still expending a lot of money looking for the submarine. And the news was showing, if you remember the like countdown until they're out of oxygen, all the while, do you remember crazy. that? That was crazy. All the while, the U.S. government fully knew they're dead. 
And everybody is watching the news like, oh, they got to find them in the next 33 minutes or they're going to be gone. Yeah. I think it was just such an interesting time because also so many um, content creators cash in on the conversation about this to to talk about like either the situation and try to be like news reporters or to talk about like the memes or to talk about people's reactions to it not being like appropriate so yeah genuinely the reason why I put this on my list is because of I was really just fascinated at the kind of um, discourse about morality that we were Mm -hmm. getting into online and I'm just like I don't know why people need to pick sides. It can both be a horrible loss that people died in a way that should have been incredibly preventable. And I personally believe that any loss of life is, uh, unnecessary loss of life is like totally unneeded. And it's funny because these are people who have exorbitant amounts of wealth and resources to have done it right and then took every shortcut possible to uh, make it as affordable as possible and it backfired and that's like kind of just the state of capitalism in America yeah and everything's so damn polarized yeah like even that um but I'm like you can hold both of those ideas at once yeah literally I think people have lost some of that nuance yeah um well from a similar time frame the beginning of the year um I was living for the Megan movie announcement I was living for all of the gay memes of Miss Megan I was living for the drag performances of Miss Megan she was a cultural reset truly and um truly predicting the future of artificial intelligence yeah taking over our lives truly yeah she was three months ahead of I feel like AI was like not even like a conversation at the beginning of January not in the way that we see it today yeah Yeah, now now I think literally everybody's talking about what is it going to do to this industry what is it going to do to this industry and I'm like literally at the beginning of this year we had a movie about this and the conversation was just not there yet I also just feel like she spurred so much like memes and little cultural moments which was really cool for the film industry because other than superhero movies I think they had really been missing that for a while Mm -hmm. and now people are like making memes of everything that comes out in the theaters which is great but I think like Megan in some way had something to do with that I and she's literally a doll she's a doll she's for us yeah she's a murderous doll alright my next one is some classic delicious YouTuber drama okay Miranda Sings Colleen motherfucking Ballinger. What a fucking moment. That was my personality in July. My personality in July was watching every single takedown of Colleen Ballinger that I could possibly see. Her ukulele video? What the fuck? That needs to be that needs to be submitted into the Library of Congress. It needs to be preserved for the rest of all time. It needs to be like I, I, just in like how could you have possibly done a worse job of something. Yeah. And, like, Colin Ballinger's not the only YouTuber who's doing shady fucking shit to kids. Like, believe me, believe me, I, I feel like I know that, like, in my soul. Mm. And Colleen's just the one who got caught. And so many people, even when they have allegations against them, end up just getting to put it under the rug because they just made a simple, hey, I'm sorry if my words mm. did something that we weren't supposed to... I'll be better. I'm like, this is literally all you had to do was like, or just not acknowledge it, honestly. And she did the worst possible thing that imploded her entire life. Yeah. But that's the consequences you fucking reap for your actions. Like, I didn't think that Shane Dawson could be topped 
Wait a minute. There's a joke there somewhere. But his own self own his his brutal takedown of himself, I didn't think that that could be outdone. And then Colleen Palladier looked out that fucking clip. My God. Um, she's an embarrassment. Um, and similar, kind of a similar <laughs> embarrassment, not iconic. Senior Elon Musk. I hope that he like blocks us permanently from hearing this because I've heard that he's a very sensitive baby. But his murder of Twitter. Well, he already hates trans women, so yeah. If we upload videos of our podcast onto X, I'm dead naming it's yeah, Twitter. We're, we're always dead. It's Twitter. Sorry, it'll always be Twitter. Um, yeah, the death of X. I think that. Elon Musk might go down in history, in corporate history, as, like, the worst business leader of all time for his takeover of X. I think that the website is vastly worse in every single way, and I love watching in Lifetime him have dramatic breakdowns about how bad of a job that he is doing and losing all of his advertisers. I hate him. Wow. And that, that was a moment for you of 2023. Moment. Yeah. Was your hatred of Elon Musk. It was a, it, it's a contrast, right, to you saying, look, have a nuanced view of the loss of life and billionaires. And I said, no, let's kill him. I, I mean, Elon Musk can bring up the he is for. Actually, yeah. all billionaires, surely. I've actually heard, speaking of, that the U.S. government is low-key afraid of Elon Musk because of the financial power that he wields. That's, like, I that's, don't like that. that. Me neither. That's too far. What are we doing as a society that he has $256 billion and low-key controls the government? Um, yeah, I just think I like watching him fuck up in real time. It, it feeds my soul. And he really just keeps doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. Yeah. And he is, I feel like, the poster child of, like, tech lib guy yeah. to alt-right pipeline. Yeah. Oh, scary, too. Have you seen those articles, by the way, of those, like, techies up in the Bay Area who think that they're going to give birth to, like, the next generation of elite people or some bullshit. Literally, like, eugenics. And they're trying to, like, build their own little city outside of San Francisco. It's in Marshland, and I hope to God... That it sinks. That it sinks. Well, it will if there's ever an earthquake. Bye. But, you know, San Francisco's famous for having... (laughs) Bye! What's next for you? My next, my number three, and this is not, like, a top three. This is just a... Or a top ten. There's no tops here. Um, this is just a list of things, not like a, I like this one the most and this one the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my number three on my list is the renaissance of Josh motherfucking Hutcherson, my short king. What? Wait, did I miss this? Um, this? Apparently, I think because you're not on TikTok in the same way that I am. Okay. Um, like, because... Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the prequel Hunger Games movie, yeah. came out. So everybody's having more discourse about the Hunger Games. Everybody's bringing back old clips of the Hunger Games, okay. of which Josh Hutcherson famously played PETA. Famously. And he, fa- listen, he famously painted himself he like a, a rock and a tree. And that happened within the same three weeks of him coming out in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie oh. as the first, or uh, as like the big star of that, thought, that first movie of the I Five Nights at Freddy's say he franchise. Came out as a furry. Well, there is straight but not narrow. That's there, what I know. Josh Hutcherson. There is that famous uh, scene from Future Man where he's like, 
Please put the collar back on me. Please, I beg you. I'm begging you. Oh, wow. I'll be a good boy. What was the name of that movie so I never watch it? It's a TV show called Future Man. I oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, people have been relooking at his acting and his career and have come to the correct conclusion that he's always been sexy and talented. Okay. Um, so he's being baby girlified right now. Yes, he's... Oh, I love it. Or the, the white boy of the month, as the kids say. Okay. Oh, last month was Jacob Elordi. And now... I, or actually, honestly, Josh Richardson might have been before Jacob Elordi. Okay. Because Jacob Elordi was November because of Saltburn. I love Jacob Elordi. And Priscilla coming out in the same month. He's a cutie pie. I would climb him. I would climb him. Like a tree. Yes. He's adorable. I'm always afraid when I say something like that. Love you. Do we have mutual friends? I hope not. They're going to find you. <laughs> they're they're going to see this and they're going to find like, you. Send it to Jacob. <laughs> Okay, um, well, my next one, I guess, is kind of linked to my first one, mm-hmm. but I didn't really realize that. And that's AI taking over everything. Well? Yeah. AI has actually been here for a while. I've worked in tech for just under 10 years now, and it's been yeah. around for a long time. Um, but it being a commercial product that everybody has access to, mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, shamelessly, I use it. I, well, I use it all the time, too, and I use it specifically because it's part of my profession. But what freaks me out is, like, Two things. Number one, people using it to create, like, revenge porn or child porn or anything sadistic like that. That terrifies me. Honestly, um, not okay. But the other way, and I, the fact that there's no regulation about it is absolutely crazy. It's absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, and the other thing about it that really frightens me is just that, like you were just saying, there's no regulation. So it's very threatening to a lot of people's jobs no matter how many people try to talk around that pretend it's not it is um and i don't know we have to like live in the omnipresence of ai now because it's not going anywhere yeah and it's just here we can't kill it really nope and i think that there will be good and bad from it well we can't kill it because it's not alive i have a lot to say about that actually but we are actually going to be doing a dedicated ai episode shout out to our friend foxy who is a listener and yes. said that she would love to hear us talk about it um that will be a big challenge for us in 2024 well maybe we'll just have ai write the script that'd be kind of cunty that would be kind of cunty or at least for like a game <gasps> yes that, i was just coming up with ideas about for the podcast while and so the this pod. is what we're going to be doing in january 24th. Yes. <laughs> um yeah so that was my that's my next one ai taking over everything it's right. never going away my next uh cultural internet moment is pretty current um or i guess by the time this podcast episode comes out probably not current anymore but it is um the villains of the trolls 3 movie <gasps> did um, you go see it i did Ah, it looks so cute. Velvet and Veneer are like the main villains of this. Uh-huh. And they have become like the stars of like the this movie. Right. Because like the trolls are the trolls. They're kind of boring. Right. So Velvet and Veneer are just like campy, like LGBTQ coded like teens who are trying to steal like the power of the trolls. And everybody on the internet is now saying Velvet and Veneer should have won mm. because everybody's like obsessed with them because they're just so fun. Um, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I'm kind of loving that uh, other studios are doing like Disney villains better than Disney is. Yeah. Uh, my next thing is Barbenheimer. I'm a film girly. 
Mm-hmm. I, well, wannabe, I should say. But I spend a lot of time watching movies. Um, I'm an AMC Stubbs member. Same. I love going to the movies. Um, I'm on a mission at the moment to make more movie content for 2024. And I brought this one up specifically because I have thoughts. Okay. Okay. What are the thoughts? And the movie industry, low-key in some ways, is dying. We've talked about it in a variety of different ways. The SAG-AFTRA issues. We've talked about the WGA issues. We've talked about how there are studio heads seemingly trying to, like, murder the idea of film and television. Um, But I feel like what movies really need right now is to be cool again. People need to want to go to the movies. They need to be, like, more eventful. And more than anything, we just talked about this in the last episode... Movies need influencers, mm-hmm. not actors, not stars, because stars don't have the same type of influence that they used to have. Stars need to be stars, they need to be mysterious, interesting. And then there need to be movie influencers. And I feel like... There definitely are, kind of are. There are, but it hasn't quite like tipped over yet, in my opinion. But Barbenheimer was like the first moment where I was like seeing in my mind what the future, what Gen Z and Gen Alpha are going to turn the movie industry into. It was an event. Like, people were dressing up for it. People right. were making memes about it. And it wasn't a franchise. It wasn't a Marvel. And unfortunately, every, like, manufactured by a corporation way of trying to make Barbenheimer happen again for other movies has never worked. It hasn't. Because, and this is why I don't even know if, like, even if everybody hired a bunch of, like, Gen Z, Gen Alpha people right now it'll ever like happen again in the same way because it has to come from like the people yeah it has to come from like the fans of these things making something of it and then because once something has like that level of i guess like authenticity to it online then everybody wants to be a part of it exactly yeah and i think that the film industry desperately needs like it girlies that promote the industry yeah and I think they're really missing that. They used to have the studio star system, and now, like, people just don't view movie stars the same way. I think they need to make movie stars sexy, alluring, private, and then they need, a, like, a forefront of influencers. Yeah. Selling the industry to people. All right. My um, fifth cultural moment of the year is Saltburn Letterbox Review. I still haven't seen this movie, which I'm so upset about because Jacob Elordi is my boo. Also, shout out to Cal for forcing me to download Letterbox. Y- y'all, please get on Letterbox. I'm such a Letterbox girly. It was a great decision, though, and some of the um, Letterbox reviews are truly wild. Yeah, there's they are. One, there's one that says, um, uh, Watch out, Peach from Call Me By Your Name. Your days are numbered. Oh, no. Which I don't even know if you understand. There's like, I mean, you've heard about it. There's a scene, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a scene in Saltburn that is like as kind of um, shocking, I guess, as the Peach scene from Call Me By Your Name. Oh, okay. I've never seen Call You By My Name. Call Me By Your... Call Me By Your Name. I've never seen it, but I have seen Luca. Which is the same Which movie. is basically the, the same, same thing. Movie. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Kala? What is another thing of, or a moment? I mean, you saying thing. They're not just things. They're, They're cultural moments. They're a moment. They're a reset. Um, the next one for me is like the, the cultural conceptualization and manifestation of girlifying things. And let me, let me, let me give you context, okay? 
Girl dinner. Yeah. Girl dinner. I love it. Girl dinner. What are you having? What are you having tonight? I'm having a stick of cheese, three grapes, and a Ritz cracker. It's not a charcuterie board. It's girl dinner. I also love that girl dinner kind of just eventually became literally whatever you you wanted. It. Yeah, you, literally, you could be like fully <laughs> cooking a full like five course meal, and you're like, it's girl dinner though. Yeah. Or you could be like smoking a six pack of Marlboros <laughs> and drinking a zero calorie Monster Energy drink, and you're like, girl dinner. I mean, I'm frightened for you. But girl that felt like you were calling somebody out. <laughs> well, <laughs> her name is probably Kelsey. It's not. Oh. Um, and then like girl math. Yeah. You know, like I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to Japan, and or if you're listening to this when it comes out, I'm actually in Japan right now as we speak. Um, but I bought the plane tickets six months ago, so it was basically a free trip. Oh my god. Girl math. Kala. You have made me want to add a little game right here. Oh, okay. Because we're reaching like a nice little stopping point for okay. ourselves. Okay. I, I have to play a game. It's not, it's a really fun. So you just said girl math, right? Yeah. The okay. calculations that you oh, do. Oh, God. Is she going to make me do math? Mm-hmm. So you heard of like girl math, then there was like boy math, then there was um, non-binary math. Okay. And then there was uh, like gay math. Okay. What's trans math? What is doll math? Doll math. Doll math is deciding one day to uproot your entire life and move to California so that you can get on California health insurance plans because you know the state of California will help you pay for your doll vacation. Mm-hmm. That's doll math. That's doll math. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, you know, the cost to move to California is exponential. Mm-hmm. She's going to make it work. Yeah. And I love that. And I love when the dolls move here and they get dollified. Wow, that was like real doll math. Yeah. My doll math is like, is like one plus one equals, um. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the fact that you didn't have an answer. Oh my God. That is doll math. <laughs> uh, um, also, just to, just to add a little more flavor onto what I said. Um, if you're a doll and you're watching this and you're not from California, please come. Please come get dollified. And I wish, if I ever become the governor of the state of California, even though I'll never run, the first law I'm signing is anybody can move to California and we'll pay for it and anybody can get gender uh, affirming surgery. And we'll pay for it. Are you a cis man who wants to be taller? Come get your knees done. I mean, we really are like the state of you can get any type of cosmetic surgery possible. So. Yeah, I love that for us. And I will be getting them. Gender affirming California. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's jump into let's jump into the second half of our list. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll kick us off. My next one was the Grimace Shake. Do you remember this? Did you try it? I tried it. Review. Now quick. Okay. It was okay. Um have you ever had Captain Crunch? The Crunchberry one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like um, how the Crunchberries make the milk taste. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of berry and dairy flavored. It wasn't very good. I didn't really like it. But what I liked about the whole thing was when people on TikTok were making fucking the Grimace murdered me videos over the Grimace shake. Did you see those videos? Yes. They were making like 10 second horror movies about Grimace murdering them because of the Grimace shake. I was eating <laughs> that up. People are so creative. They were like, Fully making horror movies over this. 
That's of Grimace being a murderer about yeah. the shake. Poor Grimace, he just wanted to have a birthday. I thought it tasted like um, birthday cake ice cream from Cold Stone Creamery. Mm. People were saying that it tasted like birthday cake, but all I tasted was berries. I didn't taste a single berry. That's interesting. Granted, does McDonald's make the Grimace shake the same every time? Probably not. Definitely. The not. fact that they could sell it consistently throughout that month shocked me because aren't those machines like always broken? Yes, I know. So it was like, how that everybody had it? All of a sudden, it was like, oh, the machines work again for, for Happy our, Birthday Grimace. For our very large promotional product that we're selling at an upcharge. What if they are always saying the machines are broken because they just don't want to sell it because there is a they little, can't like justify the cost? Oh my god, there is a little conspiracy theory. Not conspiracy theory. Lawsuit about this because I don't want to get us in trouble but McDonald's and I are not lawyers and nothing we say from here on out should be construed for legal advice McDonald's is getting sued because some um, consumer advocacy groups discovered that the machines are always down so that McDonald's can hire this shell company to come fix the machines where they pay the shell company a ton of money and then that company comes and fixes the machines, but it, they do it oh, over. It's like, it's like an offshore shell company, basically, like Cayman Islands. Basically, and that's how they just like store a bunch of tax-free money. Um, my next one is one that I have embarrassingly participated in. Oh, I know what you're going to say. So, um, on last week's episode, I talked about kind of like my journey with social media. Um, this year, I tried to um, get back on it a little more, just for myself. A little bit um, because I um, recently had come like out publicly as trans, and all of my social media content prior to that was like me as a gay boy, mm-hmm. um, and I really wanted to like rebrand it. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the NPC live stream takeover of 2023, the chokehold that Miss Pinky Doll had on the world, yeah, or still has, honestly. It's they're not. They're, they already aren't as popular as they used to be, but people are still making money doing that. And it's such a strange concept. Yeah. And who's watching it? A I lot mean, of people. A apparently. lot of people. It was the most viewed thing that I did on TikTok this year. That's crazy. Because hi everybody, I uh, did an NPC live stream. There is um, video footage of it on Twitter. She's dressed as a minion. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna leave that part. Just visualize it for us. <laughs> She's dressed as a minion. NPC minion. Yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> What's your next cultural moment of 2023? Um, okay. I want to I wanna drop in a quick little bonus one because you mentioned earlier how um, Gen Z kind of creates these like really strange concepts that if you weren't like privy to a bunch of it firsthand that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. But there is a little dog on TikTok, mm-hmm. okay? And this little dog, for some reason, talks about mulching. Mulching your your yard. I've not seen this. And this is going to be very niche, and there's going to be maybe one person who knows what I'm talking about. But the mulch dog on TikTok scares the ever-living shit out of me. <laughs> I need to look up mulch dog now. I literally have not seen this. This is niche content that I haven't it's- seen. Boopy. But that's not my actual one. My actual one is the Mischief Boots. Do you know the big giant oh, the red? Big red. Big, yep. And then they came out with the yellow croc ones. Oh, I mean. I got the red ones. You got the yellow croc I ones. I actually want them so bad. They look, you look like a cartoon character. It's both, both of us would live. I wish I, I wanted to wear that. I want to wear that with like 
a like magical girl like skirt. Yes. Do you remember and like <laughs> those bags that were really popular in the 2010s? I think they're having a reset moment right now. Um, but it, the bag was like designed in such a way with black trim that it looked like a 2D bag. No. And they made it in all different kinds. You could get a purse, but it looked like a drawing of a purse, but it wasn't. It was a oh, object. yes, and now I know what you're talking about, yes. Those boots with a bag like that, and just, like, very graphic, you know? Like, you could totally make yourself look like a living cartoon character with those shoes. That it was such cute. a moment. It was so cute. I love them. And the fact that nobody could tell at first whether or not it was a real product. Mm-hmm. Well, because they were, like, being advertised as, like, an art piece. Yeah. But then people were making, like, them or making dupes of them and selling them. And now... You can actually buy them. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. My next cultural moment is going to be not so fun. Oh. But I want to talk about something serious again. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Um, I was in my feels when I got to this part of the list because uh, cultural moments of 2023 aren't just like the highs and the ha-has. Um, there are also things that have a lot of meaning to us. So mm. this next one that I want to talk about are the kind of like drag bands. Oh, girl, the... I thought you were going to talk about something serious. No, this is serious. <laughs> ruining my fucking skin. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. I was just going to write a headspace to talk about this emotionally. No, but for real, it is a little scary out there being drag performers. And in a weird way, I feel like it even affects us a little bit here in... We live in Los Angeles, so like we're not really affected by drag bands in the same way that people who live in Florida are. Right? Yeah. Um, where like people's livelihoods are being threatened in Texas because they're not allowed to like appear in drag or presenting as the gender they're not assigned in at yeah. birth within like ten feet of a child. Yeah. Well the fact that they use those drag bands specifically to target transgender people is very telling. Right. They're passed in the first place. Right. And I mean it's just the same conservative ideology of like who's the thing or cultural talking point that we can blame right now that we can focus all of our attention yeah. on this to get whatever type of legislation we want passed by our constituents. Yeah. And so if they don't notice that we are rigging elections. Yeah, the cultural scapegoat of drag. That was actually like really unexpected because I think, and I, I would say, unfortunately, it's a twenty twenty three cultural moment that has not like been a trend that went away within a month. Yeah, which is super sad, and I still think it's shocking because for the past ten years, drag has been a cultural highlight mm-hmm. of America. I mean, drag race wins Emmys. A lot of people, even conservative people in the Midwest, mm-hmm. watch RuPaul's Drag Race yes. because it's camp and people like camp and. It's it's alarming to see the tone of how people feel about drag change so drastically when you can put on a 90s movie and there's yeah. drag in it. And what's crazy is that drag queens have played such a huge part in, like, the tourism and nightlife entertainment industry for yeah. these cities for, like, years. Yeah. Especially in, like, um, southern and conservative states. Um, like going to drag shows like in Houston where it was like a big deal to go and do or like going to drag shows when I was like on tour it was like a beach town it was like a beach community town and that beach community town had like two like nightclubs that drag performers were performing at wow it's almost like drag queens are and the bars were packed it's almost like drag queens are cultural creators of of queer culture yeah it's almost like we should you know like support them I know what they do by liking, subscribing, and following to this podcast. With two drag queens slash trans girls. Us. Yeah. Right. I have one last thing to say about that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Band drive. 
Um, no, okay, I do have one quick little thing to add on to it, and that is just, um, with the drag bands, with, I think just, if I'm being real, the state of the economy right now, it feels like drag is on a, a slump. Yeah. And a lot of people in our community are making jokes about sort of like the death of drag right now, which is so sad because I feel like I'm hearing the same conversations about the cinema industry right now, or the film industry. So I'm like, these two things that I love so dearly that are such an important part of my life, I feel like are yeah. struggling so fiercely. I do feel like it'll be a, a little bit better going into 2024 because in a weird way, like LGBT nightclub life kind of revolves around drag race seasons. And also... So like main... Like, like main RuPaul's Drag Race seasons bring in so much, like, money yeah. to bars. Gives drag performers um, access to uh, something to do, like, every week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also think that we're in... This is maybe more of, like, an internal conversation for other drag artists, but I feel like we're in this period of the drag art world where these television shows have provided so much for the drag community that now those drag community members are starting to make their own things and those things are becoming things and we talked about this a little bit on our most recent drag episode but like getting on TV is now not the only thing you can do there's social media there's hopefully more nightlife stuff so I, I think maybe that's part of it too like people are starting to transition to being fans of drag in other ways I hope so I hope so. Um, well, my next one is about film, and it's something that makes me really hopeful about the film industry, and that is a movie that I just recently watched that I highly encourage other people to go watch, which is Godzilla Minus One. Um, it was literally the best movie I've seen in 2023. Okay. It was so good. Immediate five stars for me on Letterboxd. Um, funny enough, for Letterboxd, they have a top 250 list where it's literally all the movies that are the highest rated on the entire platform that they keep updated regularly. And um, Godzilla Minus One is now number 245, which for a movie that's only been out for like two weeks is pretty shocking. Um, I think it was really phenomenal. It made me, like, as somebody who wants to make movies, it was one of those moments when I was watching it where I was like, this is inspiring me to want to make a movie just Mm -hmm. by watching it. And I would love for you to go see it because the Japanese actors ate that fucking script up. Like, that was another part of it I think that was really wowing me as I was like, the actor, Japanese actors have something. Like, there's something going on over in the Japanese film industry right now that's just different than how Americans treat film because I feel like they give roles to these actors to really work with. Mm-hmm. The characters were so rich. The story was so rich. And also the monster was Godzilla was cool. I'm really excited. You've hyped me up for this movie. I haven't seen it yet. Now I really want to see it. It's so, so, so good. And if you're an old-time fan, it has a lot of references to the very first film. And finally, we're getting Godzilla back. He's a monster. He's there to fuck shit up. Ain't no misunderstood dinosaur lore where he's secretly going to help you. No, he's a monster. I I like it when Godzilla wants to help us. There's a place for that, but every once in a while, I need him to just be... A monster. You know who my favorite Godzilla monster is, or my favorite kaiju is? Mothra. Yes! Yeah, it's because you're a trans girl. Yeah! Does she not give to all Mothra? She's mothering, literally. I love her. I love those movies. And my next one is uh, going to be you were just bringing up a movie, so I need to bring up the cultural moment of labor. 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 labor I'm going into labor right now, actually. <gasps> oh! 
It's not like sexy noises. It's like, ugh. It's just a giant shit. <laughs> it's like, you had Stop. You can't talk about my giant shit on the podcast. That's the cultural moment. No. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to talk about organized labor. So I'm a member of a union, the SAG AFTRA union, and uh, three entertainment unions this year, or not, not three, two. Yeah, but going into more next year. Two entertainment unions this year went on strike. The WGA, which is the Writers Guild, and Girl, the, SAC, the and SAC-AFTRA, which is the Actors Guild. Um, and both of these strikes, I think, made generally what the populace is saying are, like, good strives towards regulations about AI. Yeah. Um, and while I don't agree with necessarily every... Um, thing that we got in our contract um at the same time i'm like well most of the membership ratified this deal so this is what we're going to be doing from now on and at the end of the day we i think are going to look back at maybe this 2023 as the year that which like organized um labor kind of is gaining a resurgence because uh, there were not the only unions that went on strike this year um other unions like Teamsters went on strike. Yeah, as Starbucks. Well. Uh huh. Um, many uh, Starbucks um, stores across the nation are United Auto are trying Workers. to yeah yeah United Auto Workers. Yeah. And looking into next year, um, IOTSI is looking into the. And I think uh, animators and VFX artists are thinking about um, starting a union for and themselves. I, and I know that there's talk amongst unionizing um, people who work in the video game industry, yeah. video game developers. Yeah, I really. Hope to see it, but maybe this is the end of like the current gilded age that we're living in. You know, like we were shit talking billionaires. Hopefully, we are moving towards a cultural reset in which we as a populist genuinely say, like, billionaires are a no. Yeah, it's a no. I would love that. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I would love to see it. Well, my last favorite moment from this year. Um, this is actually something that I have like a micro special interest in that I don't really ever talk about to my friends because I realize how crazy it makes me sound. Okay. I'm so happy that I am part of this beautiful inner circle of people that gets to hear your cringiest thoughts. I am obsessed with ufology. Okay. okay. I'm part of the UFO subreddit, the alien subreddit. I've been to UFO conventions in Laughlin, in Las Vegas, in... Um, I, I feel like those are like really Arizona. fun. They are very fun. I want to come. I've met with some fun UFOlogists who are just people who like have a hobby in UFOs and like write books about it. Um, there's also some wackadoodles who people who like say that they can like mm, I'm connecting with an alien and then like pretend to be psychic. That's me. Um, it's very slay. It's very fun. I love conventions. But this year's UFOlogy hit the news. What happened? Oh, were you not pretty to all the Oh, wait, no, I know what happened. Okay. Oh, yes. We had, we had UFO balloons over America three times. Oh, my God. I literally forgot. The cultural, like, trend turnover is so fast. I literally forgot. We had the Senate hearings. Yeah, the hearings. About UFOs. We oh had the God. mummified alien body being dissected in Mexico. We had, again, the balloons over America, the balloons over China. For anybody that's part of that fandom, who's part of the UFO girly kind of world... It was a cultural reset. It was all... We're still talking about it. Like, people are still petitioning and talking to their um, Congress people all the time in those communities to... Don't stop talking about UAPs. Don't stop talking about UAPs. People still want disclosure on what UAPs are. It's really crazy how quickly I even forgot about this. That is like, crazy. This is, like, something that, like, I don't... 
I don't think have like the same passion or level of knowledge that you do about, but this is when the Senate hearings were happening, I was yeah. glued. Yeah. And it's crazy to hear that, or crazy to live in a reality now in 2023 where somebody got up in front of Congress and under oath testified that aliens are real, mm-hmm. that we have existing knowledge of them in the government that is not being shared with Congress, and that he was willing to share that information. Mm-hmm. And it has since been more or less silenced. Yeah. And like, again, people that are in this community, they, they call it disclosure. That's what they want. They want the government to finally say, we know that this is happening. We've been known. We need to disclose this to us. The whole community for three months was like, you guys, this is the moment we have been all waiting for. And that didn't happen. Damn. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I let you down. It's okay. I let you down. But that was my big moment for 2023. Speaking of aliens, I want to get into my last moment. George Santos. Girl. <laughs> I thought he was Shrek. <laughs> Shrek if he was a packet. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is getting canceled now. <laughs> George Santos, you Shrek-looking faggoty ass bitch. <laughs> I an enigma. But you know what? I bet you if George Santos had managed to stay in Congress, we could have petitioned him enough, or the New Yorkers could have petitioned him enough to be pro-disclosure. Honestly? He seems like the type of guy. He is... Well, are you sure? Because he refused to ever disclose that he was spending fucking um, voters' money on OnlyFans. What a slave. And Botox. My favorite was, like, right before he left office, he was like, there's only two genders, boys and girls. And it's the fact that he's also, like, a Republican. There's only two genders. Oh my god, is he the Milo Yiannopoulos of 2023? Basically, yeah. yeah. I'm shocked. What was uh, Christian Walker? The, remember him? Not really. Thank god we moved fast. I think, if I remember correctly, he kind of got into this point where like his views were like too progressive for the alt-right. Like, the alt-right. <gasps> and so he kind of just like fell out of favor. Have you heard the stories of pastors having to go to their... Um, like, I don't know what a diocese is for Protestantism, but they have to go to, like, the leaders of their branch of Christian and basically tell them, like, oh, our, our fellowship feels like the teachings that we have are too liberal. And it's Jesus' teachings. I know. That's it's insane. Christians are too anti-Christian for Christianity now? You're reminding me of how Sabrina Carpenter just got in trouble with the Catholic Church. Okay, but when she said Jesus Christ was a carpenter, I, I was like, like my <laughs> All of a sudden, I was also a carpenter. I was like, girly, I'll build anything you want. I know, and I was like, honestly... I'll pick up a hammer, Mom. I have to really be a carpenter, and I'm sorry to my carpenters out there, because I think she's a slut. Yeah, she's just, a slut. I, I need to get into the music. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I wish more girls in pop music would just be pop music girlies, and, you know, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need any of the other stuff anymore. Just make the music and... Sh- how did me talking about George Santos turn into us talking about Sabrina Carpenter? Because she's more slay than George Santos. She is. I have to give Mr. Santos, though, this. Do we have to give him any of this? I have never in my life... Um, do you remember Joanne the Scammer oh, videos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just watched Joanne the Scammer videos and said, that's what I could do for The her. craziest part is that his constituents somehow believe him. And it's crazy. It's so he literally... Bad. He just lied. He didn't care at all. He was like... He was like... Uh, what college was it that he was the volleyball team of? It's, uh, Baruka. Baruka. He was like, he, he was like, I was he, the star of the Baruka college volleyball team. You didn't even attend college. He Gatsby'd himself. A hundred percent. 
They were Katara Rivash in Brazil, and then they showed up in America, and they said, I'm George Santos. It is so... I went, I went to Baruca College. Uh, I mean, it's so funny, because all of that with him kind of started, I feel like, when that picture of him in drag, like, surfaced. Oh, yeah. And then, like, from then on, it was just, like, new lie after new lie after I mean, new lie after new lie was discovered. He is going to prison, for sure. But the funniest thing right is, now, like... Right now, gays are making him rich on Cameo right now by yeah, buying well, $200 Cameos. Let me tell you, he will have a very fatty um, commissary that he can tap into when he's in prison. But the the crazy thing is, on his way out, much like... Um, what was that guy's name? Um, Matthew Crawley, mm-hmm. remember him? Um, he also got expelled from Congress, and both of them on their way out were like, "Yeah, well, the rest of the Republicans suck dick in the bathroom of the White House, and they um, they're all insider trading, and one of them is a pedophile who currently has a thirteen year old boy locked up in the trunk of his car. Like, they're just like airing out all this shit, and I'm like, we need more of that. We do. We need more of that. Like, start telling on each other. It's really funny. I wish this is gonna sound crazy. I wish progressives had that energy. Me I too. wish like progressives and liberals in like were a little in, more militant that were voted in like had that energy. Yeah, yeah. To like be a kind. It does spook me though, and y'all go listen to our previous episode about this. But it does spook me. George Santos, in my mind, just contentized being a politician. Yeah, and it worked. Well, he watched Donald Trump do it to such success that he said, "Okay, I'll copy that and is, that on the smaller the level." The fact that like you can become a politician by being viral, to me, is like... I mean, why do I have to even argue that Arnold Schwarzenegger... terrifying. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I mean... He tried. We keep going. Arnold... Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just a celebrity. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky, spooky. Well, And don't forget to piss on his grave. We really got into all of our favorite moments of 2023. Including some that we didn't mean to, but they just hadn't spoken about. I know. Well... What are you looking forward to in 2024? Um, I am looking forward to hopefully uh, developing a pilot pitch. Um, I am currently working on a pilot about a um, trans woman trying to figure out what uh, type of career she wants in life. And it's really the experience of a trans woman going through her second puberty as Mm. uh, many trans people do once they start taking hormones in their adulthood if they didn't have access to gender affirming care or they didn't know that they needed access to gender affirming care in their um, real life teenage years they kind of go through second puberty and Mm. it's a story that I'm really passionate about telling about uh, connections with people connection with the self and honestly like just trying to make it as a little trans girl mm-hmm. in this world. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. So I'm looking forward to developing that. Um, I'm looking forward to some auditions. I'm looking forward to um, working with you on this podcast and developing this little shindig that we got going on. Yeah. How about you? I am looking forward to launching a new series on my Instagram to put myself out there as a filmmaker finally. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm brand new to filmmaking. I have no prior experience other than like trying to make little short things in drag every once in a while. And and, this podcast. And this podcast and a few YouTube videos. Um, So I'm going to be launching a new series where I try to learn filmmaking for 365 days. And I'm going to take our audience hopefully on that journey with me. And I'm really excited to try I think it takes a lot of energy to, like, 
really go after your dreams finally and it's scary because I don't want to fail but like I can't succeed either if I don't give it a shot and I'm also really excited to keep doing this podcast together I do, I do think it's going to be so cool one year from now we sit down we edit what will be episode I don't know I know 59 or whatever 69 69 uh, I know um, and just I don't know it's going to be beautiful to have what I feel like is slowly becoming a diary of my transition because we mm-hmm. started this so close to yeah. when I first started hormones that it's I don't know the beautiful sisterhood unfolding on this podcast. I love it. You know what I'm also looking forward to in 2024? What? Being able to perform and drag again. Because <clears throat> of your knee. Because my knee. She's knee. almost healed now. So Yay. in 2024, I will be back out there stomping and clacking on my heels and tearing my other um, vertebrae and bones and tendons in my body. Yeah, next to your neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, well, thank you so much for another beautiful conversation, buddy. It was great to strap into, onto, strap in, strap on. 2023. Absolutely. 2023, that was a whole for you. Kala and I will be taking a short break so that we can both enjoy our upcoming holiday vacations. Yeah. And we hope that you enjoy your holiday vacation, too. I'm going to Japan. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends and family if you're seeing them for the holidays to listen to Tea Girl E Girls. And we will be back the first Monday of January 2024. <laughs>